I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, you could be anywhere in the world, which you probably are. And as Jay-Z once said, thank you for spending it with me. Something to that effect. I never quote Jay-Z correctly. I'm one of those guys that I think it was either Eddie Murphy or Chris Rock said like in one of their comedy specials that they always mess up the jokes. Yeah, I think it was Eddie Murphy who did it famously in Delirious. And then he said, Goonie Goo Goo. Like I'm the guy the next day just butchering the jokes. Like I went to see Louis C.K. Uh, a month or two ago when he was here in Toronto. And he has this killer joke about, uh, um, this is really, really bad. This is a horrible, horrible thing. But maybe, and that's his bit. Great bit. It's it's a monster, and I usually mess it up. I'm your host, Cabby Richards. Follow me on Twitter at the Real Cabby or on Instagram at the Real Cabby. To my subscribers on iTunes, what up, people? And to the ones that found this on the Book of Faces, on the TSN page or my page, thank you for the click. If you're new to the podcast, we've got hours and hours of great stories with a bunch of different athletes. So check those out at Cabby Presents on iTunes. And now I present to you a face you've seen for years. He's been beaming into your homes for decades, reporting on sports, entertainment, music, fashion, films, everything and anything Hollywood, and joins me on the phone right now. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. One of the first men to make the jump from sports to entertainment on television, paving the way for idiots like me, a staple at the Staples Center checking out his Lakers, formerly of ESPN, and uh, for the last, the better part of a decade, one of the faces on Entertainment Tonight, and for diehard sports fans, was also the host of the Tiocho show. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Frazier joins me from Los Angeles. How are you, sir? Why would you have to drop the T.O.? Well, no, T. but that... show, Kevin. <laughs> you know I love you, but you had to go back. No, but listen, but that was like that. That show was unprecedented because you had two guy and two two guys who were active players having their own weekly show. Like it was, it was pretty crazy. I I, I enjoyed it because I like their personalities. I don't know if a lot of people did, but I enjoyed it. I wish that someone would take all the outtakes and all the stuff they really said. Oh, that would be amazing. And run it back. It is bananas, the stuff they were saying. See, that's what I, YouTube's I, I, for. I can't even tell you the craziness they were saying. That's what, like, you know what? That stuff will probably show up in, like, eight to ten years on YouTube because it, it always seems that, like, things like that, like, you'll see, I saw a Diane Sawyer clip recently and, mm -hmm. and there's, like, a Chris Berman one from, like, 2000 where he, he gets upset with somebody on the crew. But those come out, like, so many years later, so I'm sure the footage that you're talking about will see the light of day. I mean, here's the thing. For my, I'm good, but for their sake, I hope not. <laughs> so, wait, so, Kev, how many projects are you currently working on? Because the last one I heard about was, aren't you doing something for Time Warner Sports Channel? Yeah, I'm doing a couple of shows for Time Warner Sports Channel. Um, one that's called All Access, where you, um, where I sit down with one of their players for a half hour. And so I either talk to a member of the Lakers or a member of the Galaxy. So, so far I've done Steve Nash and Landon Donovan, and those two were great and they were fun. And uh, I'm also doing a show called Floor Seats about the people who sit around the court at um at Staples Center and then you know I got my job my day my day job at the Insider and um and then I, I also am doing college football for Fox Sports. Oh my gosh. So wait. <laughs> so you're doing four shows like doggy you're that's greedy a little bit. 
It's a little greedy. I'll be honest. <laughs> you, it is a little greedy. Well, when, I, when I get tired, <laughs> when I get tired, I, I realize that greed has got me. So the uh, the wait. So the the show, the college football show on Fox Sports, is that is that the one that Aaron Andrews does and Eddie no, George? I, no, we're on the net. We're on all the. We do all the Fox Sports cable games. Marcus Allen and I are on the net, and um, and Aaron Andrews is on the network. So, oh, okay, okay. You know, we're just the little dogs, but we're still there. Yeah, but you like it's it, you can't get stretched any further, dude. You can't get stretched thin any further. That's like four, four shows, and that that the one about the uh, fans that sit courtside. That one's really interesting because well, you you know so much about those people because you've been there and actually soaked up the atmosphere, and you know how crazy it is. And I think the kind of interesting thing is is that so many people look at the stars, but what they don't realize is the people who make those stars are the people who own the seats. So, you know, you see the rappers, you see Lil Wayne or Jay-Z or Kanye sitting courtside the Lakers seats. They're usually sitting in the four seats that Jimmy Iovine has. And then there's like, you know, there's Ari Emanuel who runs William Morris Endeavor right. and is the Ari character on Entourage. He sits right next to the Lakers bench. There, You know, there's Joel Silver who produces some of the biggest movies. You he see. produced the Matrix movies, I think. Of course, yeah. of course. And then from there, tons of other movies. And so it's like, those are the people courtside that you need to look at because they're constantly, like they all stand up at halftime and they're talking and they're making deals. Katzenberg, all those guys, all the really the titans of the industry. So that, that part I love. So uh, I remember seeing once, I was at a game and I saw... It was Joel Silver talking to Will Smith, and I was like, yeah. "Oh my!" And I and I recognized Joel Silver. I'm like, "Oh wow, there's just that's just some power right there." I mean, Will Smith is like the biggest star in the world, and Joel Silver is a obviously a top tier producer with billions of dollars. His movies have grossed billions in the industry, so that that's very. I mean, now the, is the pressure on you, Kev, or is the pressure on the producers of the show to get Jack because Jack. Is really well, the, he is the person that the hard, everybody the knows. The hard part about Jack is that you know Jack really, really, really doesn't like to talk. He just he's past it. He you know it's, he's done it for so many years, and he's just past it. So we're all I mean we're all working overtime to get it done. And you know what? Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. We've chatted about it, and he's you know he's fifty fifty, but we'll we'll see where he you know where he lands. Might you have to include? a player like to be in the thing like imagine you you know what you do you get like lou adler who sits next to him and he's famous record producer probably is best known for um producing tapestry by carol king okay if you don't know ask your parents but um (laughs) you know and he's the guy the white-haired guy who sits next to jack all the time and they're tight like they chat so it's it's kind of they're kind of the perfect doesn't kind of crew and you, that would that would work that would be awesome you, you, those two together would work i've seen um i've seen donald sutherland sit next to jack a few times also if if that is donald it looks like no, donald that's lou adler oh that is oh my gosh that's so, adler oh he looks he like looks donald like sutherland like, to me i always thought it was but you know i'm i could i'm totally wrong anyway yeah no 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 that's what he looks like donald sutherland but that is not that's lou adler okay so you are you're you've been in you're you're an, uh, an LA dude now. I'm not sure. You, did you grow up on the East Coast? I grew up in Maryland, man. My dad was oh. a basketball coach at a place called Morgan State. And, Morgan um, State, yes, yeah, I know Morgan yeah, State. They won the um, Division Two national championship with a guy named Marvin Webster, the human eraser, back in 1974. And then he went on to coach for the Knicks for a couple of years. He was an assistant. Oh, that's uh, awesome. With the Knicks, so like I grew up around sports and basketball you know i was this ball boy i worked for him for two years when i got out of school at morgan so it's always like it, it's always been a part of me and so i always thought that i would coach basketball i don't I really think, yeah no i i'm really honestly i'm trained to coach basketball not do tv i mean tv came along it was fantastic and it's been fantastic but really it's like basketball and like it's funny because when Phil Jackson came here as a kid, you know, my dad coached the Knicks, was an assistant with the Knicks when Phil played for the Knicks. Oh my so gosh! Phil, wow, you go back. Yeah, Phil and that entire um, that entire staff was, you know, Jim Clemens also played for the Knicks at that time. So it was, you know, you know, that was it, so you that ha- was how I grew up. You had okay, wow. So like, do you get to meet like Clyde Frazier, Willis Reed? Uh, yeah, you know, Clyde, Dave was, De- Clyde was um, traded 
the 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 week when my my dad was hired and they were doing they were getting ready for training camp and I was actually sitting at Willis's cabin in upstate New York when they were trading Clyde to Cleveland. And then um and then after that we went out on the lake and Willis taught me how to fish. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. No, and how how old crazy. were you in that? Like, when, when that Willis, you know, to me, it's, it's some of these people. It's like Willis Reed. I'm like, oh yeah, Willis. Yeah, that's who taught me how to fish. That's how I know him better. That you know, he taught me how to fish. How old were you when that happened? I was. Let's see. I was ten or eleven. So it was crazy because I would go to the garden. We would sit like third row, and I always take my little canning camera and I take pictures. And I remember one night, this lady looks at me. She's like, "It's so nice. Your mother brought you to the game." And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. She's like, wow, that's really cool. Your mom bought you these expensive seats and everything. And I was like, actually, no, that's my dad sitting over <laughs> And then you just brushed your shoulders off. So, okay, so now you're, you've been on the West Coast for a while. Now, okay, so with L.A. sports, you, you, would, you would have a better idea about this than I do. Are L.A. fans, are they bandwagon jumpers, or is that a loyal fan base? Um. It is a little bit of a bandwagon town, but the people who love the Lakers love the Lakers. And also, it's a show, man. People want to be out there and be seen, and they go to the cool places, the cool clubs and all that stuff. But, I mean, I think that people do love the Lakers. And there are real sports fans in this town. The problem is the stars suck up all, like, the shine. So, okay, so, like, okay, with that said, well, then maybe they're they're part of the the problem because, you know, last year the Clippers got Chris Paul, and now then the Clippers were hot. And then, you know, the L.A. Kings in hockey, they won the Stanley Cup. So they were hot for like for like a couple of weeks or like a month. And, you know, I, I remember I saw Will Ferrell at a game, Zach Efron at a game. I saw Vince Vaughn at a game when we were covering the Stanley Cup final. And then this year, the Lakers, they get Steve Nash and then, you know, Dwight Howard, who's arguably the second best player in the NBA. So now they're hot, but like they're not so hot because they're they haven't been playing uh, up to expectation so with that like has the have you seen the the fan base like move from team to team to team you know i don't think it's that people move from team to team to team as much as that you know it's like when the kings were hot the hockey fans really got shine and love but before that they didn't you know what I mean? It's like there were a lot of stars that go to the hockey games, but nobody paid attention to it. Then all of a sudden the Kings got hot, and all of a sudden you started seeing the stars because you started seeing the games. Right. That's all that was. And But I think that for the most part the basketball people are the basketball people. The hockey people are the hockey people. The soccer people are the soccer people. Because don't forget, the Galaxy are making a heck of a run. I mean, they have a chance to win a, a, a back-to-back title. That's and they right. They are actually L.A.'s championship team. So don't sleep on Beckham, the Galaxy, <laughs> with Donovan and Robbie Keane. Don't sleep on those cats because they're balling right now. <laughs> Definitely will not sleep on them. I, have, I haven't been able to see a soccer game. I, I, I did get to see the uh, the Kings win on their home ice, win the Stanley Cups. So that was pretty cool back in June. So the Lakers, they hire man, uh, Mike D'Antoni over Phil Jackson. And, uh, you know, last game when they played the Sacramento Kings, it was heard in the audience. People were chanting, we want Phil, we want Phil. Were you a part of the Lake Show fan base that wanted Phil yes. Jackson? You were, so you yes. were, okay, card-carrying member of the Phil Jackson fan club. Yes. Yes. Because here's the thing. Phil is fantastic at managing the people. And it's part basketball, but it's also managing the people and personalities. And when people think that, like, coaching basketball is about X's and O's, you're sadly mistaken. There have been many great guys who know X's and O's, but don't know how to manage the people. And in L.A., you have to manage huge egos. and I mean, remember, this is a town of stars, and the biggest stars are the Lakers. Kobe Bryant's the biggest star in this town. And so you have to understand that you have to manage Kobe, Dwight, Ron Artest, you know, know, Steve Nash somewhat, all these different people. And if you don't know how to do that, then you've got a problem. Mike Brown couldn't manage the personalities. Mike Brown couldn't manage LeBron in Cleveland. So that's where he stumbled as a coach, and that's where I think that Phil is a genius because he knows how to really focus in and that's why he's the Zen master, to get inside these guys' heads. Well, once he managed the greatest player of all time, everything else, I wouldn't say he's a cakewalk, but once you have Michael Jordan under your belt for uh, was about 10 seasons, I think he came in 88 or 89, Phil Jackson coached the team once, uh, I think when Doug Collins got fired. 
they like that's that's enough of a of a stamp on your resume is yeah I coached the greatest player of all time to six championships six MVP fi- uh, finals MVPs and I think five MVPs or something like that so well and you know what here's the other thing you forget you had Michael but you also had Dennis Rodman of course of course managed Dennis Rodman at the height of his insanity I mean, <laughs> right, right. during the finals is flying off to Vegas to kick it and they handled it you know what I mean <laughs> so that's what I'm saying is like you have to look back and see what he's done and who he's done it with I mean. Kobe and Shaq were a disaster together. They were. Right. I mean, it's well documented. So it was not, you know, and part of it was their youth, and it was like two big bulls going head up. But at the end of the day, he managed that situation to still win championships. When he got there, there wasn't an expectation that they would win a championship that quickly, and he did. They won three in a row. So it's just, you know, keep in mind, who Phil is and what he does, and that, in my opinion, the best coaches, the greatest coaches, they manage the people, not as much what goes on the court. I mean, you know your X's and O's. You know how to move people around. You have other coaches that help you with that. But you also have to be able to stay ahead and manage your players so that they peak at the right time and win championships. That's what it's all about. I'm on the phone with Kevin Frazier of The Insider uh, all access uh, on uh, the Time Warner Sports Channel for uh, the people li- listening in LA. We we get some traction from our American listeners, so that you know some Americans check this out. Um, so okay, so are you are you concerned that Mike D'Antoni might not be able to manage the Eagles on this team because he couldn't even manage Carmelo Anthony? And well, Car- here's here's what everybody has to remember: what really saved him down the stretch. Really, Who, Dan Tony? Everybody's good. It was Jeremy Lin. Oh, right, Jer- of course. The yeah. Jeremy Lin phenomenon made him hang on for a little while longer in New York. He was done. He was fired. This guy was over. And he throws this kid in the game, and the kid blows up, and the Knicks become the hottest team in the free world. And Jeremy Lin's on the cover of Time Magazine, and so he doesn't go anywhere. So, and this month's GQ. Right. And, and, and I'm just saying that now you've got to look and figure out can he manage this situation? And also, you know, everybody's like the offense, the defense. They have the players. They'll figure that out. I just but want. When, but how many championships has he won? Because so much of championship basketball is managing the personalities. Doc Rivers does a great job in Boston because he somehow manages Rondo and KG. Right. And now, if you've ever been around those personalities while they're on the basketball court and off the basketball court. It's very interesting. Kevin Garnett is the most focused person I've ever seen during a sporting event. And then Rondo, you know, he doesn't really get along with the guys, and they have locker room issues. So Doc does a great job of keeping that thing together and maximizing that talent. So, Kev, what do you – like, so are you – are you cautiously optimistic now that the Mike D'Antoni era will start sometime – what I'm hearing, December, because he just had surgery on his knee – are you are you cautiously optimistic or are you like are you I, pessimistic? I'm, I'm interested to see what happens, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope for the best. And you know, here's the funny part: I'm rooting for Bernie Bickerstaff because when he worked in Washington, when he was assistant coach and then later a head coach, he was our name na- my neighbor. Oh, Bernie nice. and my dad are very close, so nice. I'm like Bernie, go crazy, do your best. Go on a winning streak. Those are some old school dudes, right? That's some, that's yeah. those are some OGs right there. Your pops and uh, Bernie Bickerstaff. Old school. <laughs> I just uh, I just saw the story that uh, Coldplay. So just moving back to the East Coast, Coldplay and Jay Z are going to be playing uh, New Year's Eve at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Now this is going to be the second time they're going to be performing with each other on New Year's Eve. What are your New Year's Eve thoughts? Do you do you like that holiday? Um, I, I don't know if I can call it a holiday, but do you like that night as a night of celebration or do you just kick it low-key? Low-key, 100%. Here's the thing, because too many amateurs hit the road. You know what I mean? And it's also like people feel like, I have to have this huge celebration for the end of the year. I go For a living, I cover concerts and premieres and all that kind of stuff. So for me, a great night out is chilling with my wife. A great night out is hanging with my boys. I'm so happy to be home. I, I'm, I'm just like, yo, I'm going nowhere. When was- People are like, oh, you want to do this? No, on New Year's Eve, if I can have some friends over or I can walk down the street to a friend's house, that's beautiful. But do I want to be in, you know, in a concert? 
not a shot. And by the way, what's crazy is I'm actually getting on a plane on Wednesday night going to New York to go to the Barclays Center, and um, I'm doing a, a, a story about behind the scenes of the Barclays Center and a promotion for Nokia and also sitting courtside. So I'm sure I'll see Jay-Z. I might even be, I might even be next to him. I think I'm getting the owner's seat, so I might be next <laughs> wow. to him. Wow. That's, uh, that's not a bad Wednesday. Not a bad, not, not a bad way to spend a, a random Wednesday night. So what, when was the last, have you ever blown it out for New Year's Eve or have you always been sort of a low-key dude? A couple of times I've gone really hard and just been like, oh, I'm going to the craziest part, the best party. And, you know, it, 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 it's kind of like I've been to this party a lot. I've been to this party many, many times. You know, you're sitting in that party and you're like, I've seen this party before with these people. Now, let me just say this. I do love if you're going to see, like, great music somewhere. And, and my wife loves music, so sometimes I, I, she just grabs me and she's like, honey, we're rolling. But for me, like, New Year's Eve, just chill with your family, chill with your people, and then, you know, you get to celebrate later. What's the, you would just mention, like, you've been at a great, what's the, what's the best party that you can remember, that you can tell on the air? It, it could be for anything. It could be somebody's birthday party. It could just be a random. It could have started at a, at a dinner or a, or a charity event and then just gone and escalated. It could be for Halloween. It could be for I'll Independence Day. I've, <laughs> I've been to a few great, great parties, but um, I, a lot of times it's the like it's the different locations that make the party cool. Like you look up and you're like, oh, we're having like a party at in in Rio. When they did the movie Rio, they held a party for all the journalists that came down, and it was like the animated movie Rio in yeah. Rio, and you're partying in Rio. Oh, that was pretty cool. You did that? Yeah, that oh was cool. Oh my gosh, that, that's um, very cool. No, no, it was. You're just like, yo, what am I? What am I doing here? Like, you know, <laughs> there's one of those nights. I'll tell you what. My favorite Hollywood party was at Serena Williams' house. She had like a carnival party, and it was crazy because, I mean, literally, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm in here like doing tequila shots and eating cotton candy and, you know, here, Serena and Venus, and we're just like we're having a blast, and they're singing karaoke, and KG is in there, and a bunch of other Hollywood stars, and that's one of those moments where you're like. Kevin Garnett was there too? Yeah, and it's one of those moments you're like, yo, how, what what, like my, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing here? Yeah, how did this happen? What was she wearing? Do you remember? A carnival this party. Bananas. Kev. Huh? What was she wearing? Um, just cute fun party gear. Like here's what people don't understand about Serena. She's really tall. People don't realize I've that. seen like, her in real she life. Puts and on she... heels, she's six one. Mm -hmm. So like people think that like, oh Serena, you know, she on tennis court she looks tinier than six one. She's six one. And so it's wild when you're, like, there standing with her. And also, the other thing is, like, they see this person who is, like, a, a Terminator on the on the court. Mm -hmm. She's one of the, like, nicest, kindest people. And she just, like, we were jousting. She had a jousting pit, and we were jousting. <laughs> Amazing. You know? Like, Kim Kardashian comes in, and this is back when she was dating Miles Austin. And she rolls through, and you're like, wow. So wait, okay, wait, okay, stop right there, stop right there. So now you have two legendary backsides in one place. <laughs> two legendary backsides. Did Were they ever side, side by side? Never saw them side by side. I will say this, okay? Kim is tinier. Like, she's not as, pictures distort how her size. She's really not that big a girl. Her no. butt is interesting what what does that mean but it's Kev? not like it's not like mammoth no i'm not saying it's huge bar, let me just tell you we and i want everybody to go down to their computers and check this out <laughs> the 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 most interesting backside i've ever seen is this lady named cheeky delgado who works for Univ univision i think yeah and she did wait, was she, for entertainment wait 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 was she the reporter that goes to the super bowl week and no, that's not her. Oh, that's, that's not her. Not her. Oh, I know okay. who you're talking about. Actually, she co-hosted a couple of things with me. She, oh, wow. Your 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 life, man. But I'm telling you, you need to look that one up. Who? What, what's what's the what's the what's the lady's name from Univision? Chi Chi what? Ch 
Cheeky. <laughs> How do you spell Cheeky? C H I Q U I. Okay. I'm Googling her. Cheeky. And what was the last name again? Um, Delgado. Delgado. I want to, I want to see if you get it. Let me make sure. Oh, she's hot. Wow. Chin, chin, Chinquiera. Yes. Delgado. Oh, I just go, I'm going to click. Wow. I'm just, there's the first images from For Him magazine. Oh, say word. No, but uh, what I want to tell you is in that, you know, I, I work in a place with word. all women. I work with all women. Yes. And when a woman comes into your office building that it's so fine that the women are like, oh my God, I can't stop staring at her. Then you know a woman's fine. Oh, she is like, she, she's a 13 out of 10. She's a oh, legit easy, 13. Easy. Her, her backside's the craziest thing I've ever seen. So wait, because I've, okay, I've seen Kim Kardashian and Serena Williams in real life. Neither one of them can touch this one. Well, Serena's is is more than I. You have to be, you have to be made of marble to like you are. You have to have the confidence of Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, and Tiger Woods in his prime just to to holler at that. Like that is that's a real man. Like you you got to be a man to 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 run with Serena Williams and then Kim's Kim is as you said she's smaller than you think, but the backside is still. It's, 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 wow. It's still like, I, I like, I, I sweat when I think about it, but this, no, Kim is, let me just say this. People often ask me like, who are the most beautiful women in Hollywood? She's one of the most beautiful women in all of Hollywood. Like when you see her in real life, she's striking. And I, I hope that she doesn't do too many crazy things like any plastic surgery or anything in the future. She doesn't need and, to. And, and I, I did, I actually did her first ever red carpet interview. It was her and um, at the ESPYs and Bruce Jenner said, you know, I'm going to bring Kim with me. And so he, he brought her and he was like, this is her first time on a, you know, a carpet. She's having so much fun. Wow. So this is, was this at the time where she was still, was she, she was friends with Paris Hilton, right? Is that, is that how she got onto the scene? She was like one of that, Paris Hilton's that, a friends? A little bit of that. And also people don't, it, Paris Hilton shouldn't get any of the credit. Her mother is a marketing genius. Yeah, but she had to be like. Chris Jenner. No, listen to me. Okay. Listen to me. Chris Jenner is a marketing genius. <laughs> okay. Don't let anybody else, no one else should get credit. But at the height, like Paris Hilton was stupid famous. And I she, get what you're saying. And, at, and Kim went out with her. But her mother is a marketing genius. Okay. Well, I, I, just don't see, I just don't see the connection between here's Kim Kardashian, who is relatively unknown, and here's her mom, who's a marketing genius. But how is, her, like, how is she going to enter into the pop culture conversation if not for being seen with Paris Hilton? That's like that's like that's like having Justin because Bieber co-sign you on Twitter. Is a marketing <laughs> okay. genius and would have figured out a way to get this girl in. And you know, understand she started hanging with Paris, but it was a calculated move. And I'm not. I, and look, they were friends, but I'm saying it was a calculated move. And when Paris like faded a little bit, all of a sudden Kim jumped in. Someone had to book all those events. Someone had to get her on all those carpets. I'm just going to repeat again. Her mother is a marketing genius. Got it. So wait, at the, okay, so let me take me back to the part. So at the party, so this is Serena and Venus are hosting this carnival party. Kevin Garnett's there. Kim Kardashian's there. Um, was, Tons uh, of Hollywood folks. Brandy. Um, I can't, you know, I can't even remember all of it. There was a ton of people there though. And this is one of, this is one of the most memorable parts. I mean, it, it sounds awesome. And they're 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 you're doing tequila shots, eating cotton candy. One of the most, and and uh, and uh, the, I'm sure the music was legit, and it was just a great vibe. She just the place was tricked out. The DJ was off the chain. Um, it was like the taco man, the cotton candy people, the ice cream guy. It was like a true carnival, and she had all like the fun house, you the bouncy house, but for adults, <laughs> and it was just. I, it was off the chain. I had so much fun because it was like I just was there, had a few cocktails, played in the bouncy house, you know, ate cupcakes, and I just had a blast. So, Kev, how do you balance, like, reporting on entertainment and, like, mm -hmm. reporting on Hollywood and then actually having real friendships with the people you're reporting on? 
Like how, so like you know because there's some some people are gonna get in trouble and some people are gonna get in trouble that you know and that are friends of yours. So then there becomes a dichotomy of like oh like can I do this story? I know it's my job, but then I don't know. Maybe you feel like you have a loyalty to to this person where you're like I don't I don't know if like we should report this. How do you navigate that? Well, number one is that if there if something happens, I say hey. Come to me. Let's talk about it. Let's sit down. Let's talk about it. Because, you know. Like talk about it like on the air or talk about it over the phone. If you get in trouble, I'll do the interview. Like say, when all this stuff went down back in the day with um, Isaiah. Isaiah Isaiah Thomas? No, Isaiah from. Oh, uh, Isaiah from. Yeah, Isaiah Washington. Yeah, from Isaiah Washington. I mean, I knew Isaiah, you know, so I was like, Isaiah, let's talk about this. Let's talk about it. And so he was like, I'm not talking to anybody. But he was at least able to give me his take and his side of it, even though it wasn't on camera. I could reach him on the phone and say, what was the story? And then you can come back and say, here's what Isaiah is saying today. Here's what's being reported. And you lay out the balance of it. I mean, look, if something happens, we're going to tell the truth. And that's what it's about, telling the truth. Okay, but then does Isaiah then, if he sees you on television saying, this is what Isaiah is thinking today, uh, with that whole situation with, uh, you know, he called one of his cast members, uh, right. you, uh, you know, whatever. But so so when he sees that, do you then get a text or a call? Be like, hey, man, I was speaking to you in. It, no, no, you know, I always say that this is going to be on. Let, let's talk about what we can what I can say on TV, okay. what we can say and what we can talk about. And, you know, you just have to be honest with people. And the other thing is, is that let me say this. When I went to Serena's party. Things I saw people do, I'm not coming back the next day and reporting it. Of course. Yeah. I actually shot a story there early on, just a tour of Serena's house, and then the cameras got put away. And no, I haven't really talked about that party until really now because it's nobody's business. That was away from my job. That was on off hours. So, you know, you have to walk a fine line and you have to realize these people are human beings, and when they are away, they're away and they're enjoying themselves living their life and you cannot come in that atmosphere and watch and so i even when i was a, you know a sports reporter and i was places with people where i saw really sketchy crazy things it's not my job to go back and report that and say guess what i saw last night doing what that's not it i was there to talk about basketball and so now if i see things you know if that does not matter in the world I'm in. I don't care and I don't want to talk about it. I want you to do your thing and I want to do mine. So that's, so when you, like, I get the, the most, in my experience and, and probably yours as well, I mean, my game is more entertainment. I'm not really informing the public of news. I want to enta- entertain the public when I do my interviews. So my, so in my line of work, it's all about trust and it's building and maintaining a trust between myself and the athlete. And if we become friends like off camera, then, you know, it's important to never violate that trust. Are you 100%? So you, 100%. you, you feel the same way and you have the 100%. same. So, okay. If I'm somewhere in I see something, it's like, okay, I saw something, and you know what? It's not my job to sit down and tell the world about what I saw. But you, but okay, so I'm on the phone with Kevin Frazier of The Insider, but you're, you're, so you're, your show is like, I know you guys do a lot of fashion, you guys do a lot of galas, you guys do obviously well, entertainment. You do gossip too. You do gossip too. So, oh, so that you've when never, I, have so you let ever, let me, uh, let, let's say this, okay? okay? Here, here's a good one. Okay. So I, we reported something, I can't remember exactly what it was, about Kim Kardashian. And Kris Jenner, her mom, said, Kevin, listen, you don't have to report it. All you have to do is call me, and I'll tell you whether it's true or not. And if it's true, run with it. And that's the whole thing. It's about having credible sources when something breaks. And so when something breaks, go to the person and say, hey, is this true? Isn't this true? What can we say about this? And then they'll tell you, and then you come back, and you can report what you want to report. That's when you put your reporter hat on. That thing, did that, did that ever, was that ever true, that thing that you're talking about? No, it was 100% wrong. Oh, okay. And, and that happens all the time. That, you know, with, with blogs nowadays and people racing to put things out, you constantly have people just throwing stuff out there. How is, um, okay, speaking of which, how has Twitter changed your business? Because I feel like Twitter has now replaced breaking news. 
Whereas well, CNN was I always think breaking for news. celebrities, it's great because right. now they can get their messages out to the masses, and it's not filtered by us. At the same time, you still need us to, you know, pump your projects and stuff like that. But I think Twitter is a good thing. But what I don't like about Twitter is that there are so many Twitter gangsters out there, and that what I talk about is people who now, because they're anonymous, say absolutely idiotic things or say just crazy derogatory things. And so my big thing is like, if you're not going to say it to somebody when you're standing next to them. Don't say it at all. Oh, they would. Ne- they would like, never say it to your face ever. Never, never, never. And so I all. And you know, there have been times where people have written things to me, and, and just whether it's the language they used or just the way the tone of the of the tweet, I've just said to them, I was like, "Look, we can agree to disagree. We don't have to get along." But here's my thing: do it in a respectful manner. Don't disrespect people. And that's what I hate about social media: is that people will disrespect each other. You can say whatever you want. You don't like something and say, hey, I, I really don't like that. Here's why. But you don't have to do it in a disrespectful manner. I, I was, um, I, uh, I was, well, I think, I guess it was the night that uh, President Barack Obama was, was uh, reelected. There was, uh, obviously there's going to be haters, but there was some, there was some vitriol on Twitter. And I, I sent out a tweet early in the day. I'm like, whichever way this goes, there's going to be a lot of hate on Twitter. And there was some of the language you're talking about was pretty, uh, pretty harsh. And as you said, that that's one of the, one of the problems of social media. People are these Twitter gangsters. They're sitting at their computer as tough guys. And they would never, they would never even dream of saying the kind of stuff they write to a person's face ever. Yeah. Ever. It's like, come out, listen, Let's meet. You come out and say that you need, you need, you need a platform. I'll give you a platform. that You can say that ridiculousness. But people don't want to do that. They want to hide behind, like I, like I said, they want to hide behind their little Twitter tag. They want to be Twitter gangsters. <laughs> Is there ever a time, Kev, when you're uh, when you're reporting on uh, reporting on entertainment news? Is there ever, are there ever stories like? guys, this is going a little too far. Like you, you guys have a meeting and, you know, topics come up and when you're like, this story is silly or like this story is like, it's a little, it's just too far into the gossipy stuff. Do you ever, ever have moments like that? I mean, I think there's times where you have to draw a line, you know, you draw a line and you just say, no, that's no, that's ridiculous. That's not, that's not the story. And that's not a story. And that's a little too much. How often? How often All does that time. happen? Because it, like Twitter, or excuse me, celebrities are on under like gigantic microscopes, and you know, if it's Taylor Swift was seen eating lunch with someone, then she's dating this guy. Or if Justin Bieber does, I don't know, he does something, then it's news. Or Tim well, Tebow I, I, was. Listen, I'll give you a prime example. Okay. I every Sunday, my son goes to gymnastics and. At gymnastics, Heidi Klum's he's gonna have, he's gonna have a sick and her core. other kids are in my gymnastics class. Like the Heidi Klum? Yeah. Uh-huh. And we had done and we did a we did a special together in Vegas and so I've gotten to know Heidi. And so I see her there and Heidi, you know, walks out and there's like ten photographers chasing them to the car, shooting them. And it, it happens for like three weeks in a row. And I come in one Monday and they're like, Oh, we got great pictures of Heidi Klum and the kids. And all of a sudden, I was like, well, wait a minute. I, I was there, and it, at that moment, it made me feel uncomfortable because I was just like, yo, cut her some slack. She's just watching her kids do gymnastics, and she's just trying to chill. And they I think I remember you sh- tweeting that, actually. I think yeah, I remember that. I yeah. tweeted that. Yeah. And so I actually I came in, and I said, look, if you want to put in the show, put in the show, but I'm going to give my opinion about it. And in the show, I said, look, i got to be honest, it, it, it makes me sick because – she, she was just at gymnastics class trying to chill with her kids, and she's got 10 guys racing around her car and chasing them down. It, it, it was ridiculous. And at that point, and that's where I kind of draw the line, and I don't like it. That's kind of, uh, I mean, they're, I mean, the pop, I don't know if you consider them a part, a necessary part of your business or a part, I mean, I know they are a part of your, your business, but that's kind of a fine line, right? Because mm-hmm. some, sometimes you rely on them for candid photos of, Someone well, so leave, you know, leaves a scene thing, or and whatever. What's happening now in the business that it's gone to this crazy point where people are like all over the place where it's about the paparazzi video. What we do is we promote people's projects. So we go to movie premieres like tonight. My co-host is at the movie premiere for Twilight. She's going to talk to the stars at Twilight. But what's happening is you have shows like TMZ who don't have access 
they're not going to be on the carpet at twilight. So what they have to do is they have to run up on people somewhere. And I call it like from the door to the car door kind of thing where they chase people yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's what that's all about. And so for me, it's kind of hard because you look at it and you say, listen, I'm going to get on the set of Scandal with Kerry Washington. You're going to have to chase Kerry Washington down. And so they're making their money, but it's in a way that is just adverse, in my opinion, to the whole business. For C-list stars, they love TMZ and places like that because <laughs> they can they can get you know. Then they'll they'll give the they'll give the paparazzi you know their their two minutes or whatever because they you know they like the pub and all that sort of thing. Exactly. So exactly, your co-host is at the Twilight uh, premiere. When do you get to see movies, Kevin? Because you're. You have like you're working on four different shows, so I imagine your time is limited, and you probably can't get to the movie theater that much. You know, it's funny because we have daytime screenings, so literally, okay. I'll leave work and go right to a screening, or I'll schedule one. You know, at night once a week, I'll sneak in with my wife, and we'll go see a screening. And so, um, I haven't seen the new Twilight, and um, I I won't be seeing it. <laughs> That's the kind of movie that you watch on a plane. You're doing like a, a no, you know. A, no, no, that's not the kind of movie I watch on a plane. No. You wouldn't, you wouldn't watch that on. I watched the first one or no, two on planes. No, I can tell you now, no. Wait, you're, but dude, you're basically a prisoner that you might as well watch it on the plane. I'll watch the clouds go by. <laughs> Did you see uh, Skyfall? Saw Skyfall. And your your thoughts on uh, you know what people are like? Oh, it's the greatest Bond ever. It's a, I don't think it's the greatest Bond ever. I think it's good, and I think that you know they found a great Bond, and that's part of the deal here. That you know it it was getting a little out of control and too silly. It was going towards silly, and then they reined it back in, and now it's tougher and gritty. And I like that. Um, direction but at the same time i don't think this is better than casino royale i loved Casino i'm totally royale. with you on that dude i think it's i think it, the movie was good but i don't think it was the best of the three bonds i actually think it was it probably to me i think it goes one two three even though javier bardem was amazing i still exactly. I, he was amazing but he right. still he wasn't right. that menacing to me he wasn't like the dude whose eye was bleeding like he it wasn't i don't know he just didn't have he was scary because he was so tender, but then he was so dangerous. And then when he, you know, he reveals part of his his physical makeup, and you're just like, whoa. But uh, I, I'm with you on that. I think Casino Royale was the best of the three. I, I, I just, I mean, I feel like it was, it was just different. Do you, um, okay, just if you, off the top of your head, what are your top three trilogies of all time? And don't say The Godfather because... You know the that's third tough. one. The third See, one was hard. a pile of duty. That's hard because I don't think that you can sustain excellence in, a, in a, over three movies. You can. I don't. You can. I I don't think you can. And people try it, and then you know, you end up with you know maybe one good movie if you're really lucky, two good movies, but never three. Never. I don't know, man. I like what? What? Tell me three. Tell me one trilogy that had three great movies. Well, I, I well, I'm gonna go with Batman right out the gate because the no. the first one was genre changing. The second one was the best one. The third one I thought was gangster. Even though a lot of people didn't like it as much, I still thought it was a great movie. And like you could put that third Batman up against any like you could put that up against like the first Born movie, and I still think it's better. Even though the first Born movie was dope. And that was. I thought the Bourne came as close as it, it some uh, like a franchise has come in a long time. Yeah, well, the Bourne movies were great. The Bourne movies were great. My personal favorite, and I know I'll get flack for this, is the the Matrix movies. Like that's my personal favorite. I know. They listen, stumbled. you know they stumbled. You understand the third. That, right? I, listen, the, the third one I thought was, I thought was good. I thought it was very very good. But I know I'll catch flack for that. Other ones that could be on the list. Um, uh, is the, the Lord of the Rings? Uh, that trilogy was very, very popular, and maybe the original, the three original Star Wars movies. And by the way, popularity does not mean that you have a great movie. I, no, I agree. A I agree. Bad movies, like the Twilight movie that your friend. I'm just that saying there are a lot of popular <laughs> bad movies <laughs> that your co-host is about to see. I, I'm just saying there are a lot of popular bad movies. Kev, how do you? Okay, so you said that sometimes you get to sneak in, and I'll I'll uh, I'll leave you with this. Sometimes you get to sneak into a movie with your wife, um, every once in a while. Now, I recently had this experience, and I'm sure a lot of dudes find themselves in this spot. I went to see Denzel Washington's movie Flight 
uh, with my girl, which I thought was great. Solid movie, Denzel, on point. Um, but the opening shot, and I'm not going to ruin the movie. This is just the opening shot of the film. There's oh, yeah. there's the exactly the, the yeah. there's the clock radio. So you see the time, and then all of a sudden, then a woman's breast just enters the frame, and I know audibly. I was like, oh. I said that out loud next to my girl, and I'm pretty sure she heard me because I don't even remember if there was music being played or whatever. So, like, how careful do you have to be when reacting to when you see, you my know, wife Nick- knows me and she knows <laughs> we're going home together, and she knows that you know I. She knows that I have been in some crazy situations right. with some of the most beautiful women in the world, and she knows. I'm always coming home. I'm coming home. <laughs> I think uh, Chris Rock once said that. As I think he said that to uh, Dave Letterman when Dave Letterman had his that whole extortion thing uh, going on, and and Chris Rock was awesome with Dave. He was the guest, and and he just said, Dave, after the show, I just go home. I just go home. There's no temptation at home. You're just at home. And I was dying, but he's totally right. It's 100. percent That that is the 100 percent deal. Just go home. People are like, oh, there's this after party and there's this and that, and you can do this and that. And I'm like, no, I'm going home. Yeah. But, Kev, you're in the very unique position where, like, if you're reacting to say, and you're just a man, so, you know, you see a a beautiful woman on screen, you might react. Like, just say uh, uh, you're watching Anne Hathaway in uh, 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 Love, Sex, and Other Drugs, and she's naked for like 50% of the movie and you're watching that with your wife, there's a chance that you actually could meet Anne Hathaway or you already know Anne Hathaway or you can run into her at a function. It's the weirdest thing is that you will see something happen or you'll watch somebody do something on TV and you'll be like, oh yeah, I was, you know, I sat with them on a flight. We sat down and talked for two hours at a junket. We had dinner together. Right. You know, I've covered them eight, ten times. So, no, it's very, very bizarre. It's very, very bizarre. And you know what I, I... At first, your your inclination is to say, oh, there's so-and-so, you know, I just last week I was with them. And now I'm like, just shut up and don't say anything. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it, it, yeah. I remember walking through... The, um, I was walking through the Grove, the the little um, shopping center in L.A., and Alessandra Ambrosio, one of the... Um, oh, Victoria's, Victoria's Secrets Secret models? You know? Oh, my goodness. And Not one of these. She's one. She's like like top two or three right now. Maybe top two right now. She is and, legit. And, and I see Alessandra, and, you know, I see Alessandra, I'm walking my son, and she comes and is like, Kevin, hey, oh, and hugs gosh. me. And I, I stopped for a second, and, but I had done their show four years in a row and done stuff with Alessandra. But it's crazy because you're like, this has got to be crazy. That And we were almost directly in front of the Victoria's Secret star. Oh, store. my gosh. So I was like, this is crazy that I'm sitting here with her. I, I hate you with love. It's crazy. <laughs> Kevin Frazier, you just, man... Uh, you're you. I aspire to be to have some semblance of your career in many many ways, my friends. My, many many ways. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, uh, taking some time to tell a few stories. Last one is uh, by virtue of your profession, who is the most famous person that you've spent time with? The wow. most famous at any point in time, this person was like. That happens a lot where you're around the most famous person at a time. You know what I mean? Like they're the most famous person at the moment where you're like, this is the big, you know, a lot of times we've had that where you're covering something and you're like, this is the biggest story in the world right now. And I'm sitting in the center of it. Right. That part's crazy. So who? Give me, give me a name. I mean, there's been, you, you can go back and you kind of rattle off a list of crazy big stories. And, and then you're saying, I'm sitting here on the inside of this right now. You know, so it, it just gets, gosh, it, there's, hmm. Let's like, I, I have, a, I have, a, I have a, a, a short list I call the kings of earth. These dudes are like, not only are they super, super famous, but they're super cool and just have all kinds of cachet. So like on this list are like George Clooney, David, sure. David Beckham, Tom sure. Brady, okay, Brad so Pitt. Like, I would say like, you know. Michael Jordan, you right. know. I mean, we, whether it's, you know, like being out, like I, I was down covering a NASCAR race 
<laughs> and out, come, out comes Michael, and he's like, yo, Kev, what's up? And you turn around, and you're like, did Michael Jordan? You know, like, you, you're stunned for a second. That's awesome. And you're just like, yo, Mike just shouted me, God, this is crazy. That is awesome. And, or, you know, walking into a hotel room, when I, when I did NBA with Greg Anthony, he's like, let's stop by Michael's room, because, um, you know, let's go by and holler him real quick. And you're just like, and you walk in the room, and you're like, I'm chilling in a room with Michael Jordan. Was he playing cards? This doesn't make sense. Yes, he was playing cards. <laughs> um, but you're, you know how you're like, you're like, man, how does this happen? Uh, well, you know what? You've, uh, you've, you've paved a very, very uh, wide road for guys like myself that want to blend sports and pop culture and entertainment. So I thank you for uh, leading the pack. I know that... Uh, Matt Babel is is uh, you've taken him under your wing in Los Angeles, and I know you. Uh, and and when he's told me about that, he gives you eternal props. So uh, thank you for opening many doors, Kevin Frazier, and I, I appreciate you uh, telling some stories. Okay, so so you can be seen on on Twitter. It's at Kevin Frazier, correct? It's at Kevin Frazier. And you know what? Before we go, I gotta say one thing. I am still chasing one of the greatest stories you ever did, and you and I will tell folks this: the first time. I met you. I came running down to you because I'd seen your stuff online. And I was like, this guy is the funniest guy I've ever seen do sports, ever bar none. And I was, I, I know you were like, why is this dude sweating me? And no, I, I wasn't. Was, I, was, I, was, I was just shocked. I, I was I'm crazy, just... but I still am chasing the one story that you've done that I've never gotten to do. And I, I've asked 20 times. Is that Kobe in a helicopter? Ride, ride with Kobe in the helicopter. You're the only reporter I've ever known that's ever done that. It was, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. It was. You're the only person I know that's ever done that. <laughs> well, I'm sure for that one that I have, you have about 1,100. So I no, got a, I got a lot of catching up to do. So I'm chasing. Just so you know, I'm chasing. That. <laughs> Thank you, man. So uh, you could be seen on Insider. You could be seen on All Access on the on the uh, uh, Time Warner Sports sports channel and when was when's the other one the the uh courtside um we're we're, we're doing I'm oh you're just shooting that football. one right now i'm doing college football and then i i run a website called hiphollywood.com oh man you got so much okay you have so much stuff hiphollywood.com at kevin frazier on twitter i follow you on twitter and i love the pics and i i love catching a little glimpse of your life um and when i get to la i will definitely hit you up and we got to go crush some burritos or or eat a burger at uh, In-N-Out or Apple Pan or something when I get out there. You make the call. I'm in. For sure. Thank you so much, Kev. Thank you for listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast.